Surround yourself with people who are aligned with your values. Surround yourself with people who are better than you. And that doesn't have to mean that they earn more money. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Founder Stories. I'm super excited for this one because it's a bit different. We normally have either my clients in that I've known for a long time or just people that are in my circle. So I almost already know the answer to the questions that I'm asking. But today our guest is Christian Chapman. He's the CEO and founder of Coached by Christian. I actually reached out to him on Instagram to get you to come in and do this podcast, <laughs> to which you That's agreed right. straight away, which that to me is a sign of a successful person when they're very decisive. They're not umming and ahhing, asking a ton of questions. It was just like, yep, I mean, I'm sure you probably checked me out just to see that I wasn't a crazy person. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then said yes to coming in. So I really want to learn because Christian's in a, an area that is heavily competitive. The health and fitness industry is very, very hard to stand out. It is very hard to be successful. And he's managed to create a business that's growing. It's successful. Your case studies are unbelievable in a market, like I said, that has a lot of competition. So to do that, there has to be, which we're always about on this podcast, some key secrets to your success that we want to share with the audience. So thanks for coming in. Pleasure. Thanks for having me. We're not too far away. You're in Birmingham. I'm in Solihull. So it wasn't too much of a trip. Yeah. I was hoping you were going to bring your McLaren today because I said to my kids, <laughs> don't go out. I usually get the kids to go out because this podcast is in my dining room. And if they make, I mean, they're pretty noisy, they're eight and seven. Yeah. If they make too much noise, it's not that helpful, but they love and are obsessed with cars. I said, oh, my guest is coming in. He's got a supercar. I won't, won't tell you what it is. I actually thought you had an R8 and then I went on your socials and found out you've got a McLaren. Yeah, sorry, but Come I, on. I downgraded you. <laughs> they were like, do you think he'll let us sit in it? Do you think he'll let us sit in it? If it wasn't raining, I'd, I'd be hearing it. Yeah, but you still, you still brought a nice car, but a tax efficient vehicle you've brought. Very tax efficient. We'll get into that later on. Yeah. Um, so let, let's go straight in. How did you get started in the world of health and fitness? What's your your journey, you know, what's your memory, first memory of, of it positively affecting your life? And then how did you transition that into it being a paid job? Yeah. So, um, bit of background was overweight as a child, um, went for a period of losing loads of weight. And then my first kind of like roles of jobs out of school were hospitality roles. So working in bars, restaurants, nightclubs, hotels. What were you doing? You were, uh, started as a bartender. Okay. Um, well, I started as a glass washer for one week. And, and then you just fell into that after... I'll tell you what it was. School yeah, or I was, college? I was doing A-levels at the time. Okay. Um, school, not my forte. Fucking hated school. Yeah. Don't like being told what to do, especially <laughs> when it's something that I don't, I'm not interested in. It's a commonality of everyone that's been on yeah. the podcast so far. Yeah. Can't Have your that. own business. Primary <laughs> desire is to not be told what to do. Correct. Yeah. Um, so my, I remember my mom came home one day, she's like, oh, they're advertising for a job at Vodka Revs in Warsaw. I was a doorman there for four years at university. What? Uh, what? Uh, in Bath. In Bath. Okay. Um, so bit of a shithole where it was, but did one week as a glass washer and they kind of saw that I was a bit, I'm loud and yeah. I've got a personality. Yeah. So like, we want to get you on the bar straight away. So I was like, right, went in the next week, started on the bar. And with hospitality, it's late nights, you're finishing work, you're having a pizza after work, you're having a pint, and you just get into that routine. Yeah. And got pretty overweight. Um, progressed on to different bars, different areas, went into like Birmingham City Centre. Do you remember the Chameleon? No, I don't. I used to work at the so Chameleon. I didn't go out and grow up at that. So I was born in Birmingham, then went down and grew up in Devon, mm -hmm. then came back to Birmingham about 
28, 29 when we had our kids. Yeah. So I didn't have that partying going out yeah, yeah. in Birmingham. I was either in Devon or I was in Bath. You're lucky you didn't have it in Birmingham. Yeah. Um, so Broad Street is something to be witnessed yeah. if you've never been there Luckily, on Saturday night. Chameleon was a very, very upmarket place. Okay. Very yaya. Um, <laughs> and just kind of like progressed through the ranks, ended up like being a GM of somewhere. And when you become the GM of somewhere, you, you're normally a bit more hands-on with like door staff and stuff. Okay. And they're obviously yeah. bigger people. Yeah. And I'd always been into the gym. Like I'd always like, oh, bodybuilding's cool. I'd like to be a bigger person. Yeah. And as soon as I started going to the gym, I, I got big like quite quick. Um, but I was just, you know, my training routine was one month on, six months off. You know, that kind of split. Not very consistent. Then. No, because I, I didn't, when I get in something, I have to know absolutely everything about it. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know where to find the information either. Um, so it's difficult, isn't it? Because I remember yeah. when I got into it, I lied about my age to get into a gym at 15, a bodybuilding gym. And it wasn't like you'd go on social media then. I mean, this is before you started, I guess, because I'm 40 now. So this is 26 years ago. Mm-hmm. But you would just find the guys in the gym and try and talk to them and get knowledge from them. Or the owner might yeah. give you a meal plan or something yeah, yeah. like that. Or you'd read Flex magazine. Well, this is what ended up happening with, with the gym. So like, I was sick of just being called fat by people who wanted to have a fight with me or something like on a night out or whatever. Yeah. So I was like, I need people to do with s- their own problems yeah. who just want to take it out on someone yeah, else. Standard. So I thought, I need to do something about this. And I love the gym. So I used to train at Foundry Gym in Warsaw for years and there was a guy in there and I can remember him to say Adam Facker huge huge guy and I was like fucking hell I need to look like that yeah. so I was like can you help me out he's like yeah absolutely so we did like a 12 16 week diet or something for like a photo shoot I lost a shit ton of weight it was it was great yeah um, look back on it now and cringe really badly but it was like the starting point for like I'm obsessed with this yeah and when I get into something, I have to go to extremes. I am an you loved what the results that you saw from the hard work you put in. Results that I saw, I'm a very results driven person. So it's like, if I'm doing something, I'm not getting anything out of it. I don't want to fucking do it. Yeah, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. I decided recently that I'm not going to compete. Because I dieted down to not low body fat, but maybe 11, 12%. Yeah. And that. that hunger affected my ability to focus at work. And it affected my mood and persona with my kids. Yeah. And I was like, in the in the sort of natural bodybuilding scene, it's not enough of a thing for me to go on yeah. the UK DFBA show and win a little trophy. Yeah. If I have to be a bad dad for yeah. six months, now I think other people can definitely be a good father, like Ryan Terry, for example, yeah. and compete. Mm-hmm. But at the moment, it's just not in me. Yeah. So I put that to the side, and then I was like, well, do I still need a coach? Do I still train? Do I go into hybrid? What do I do? So you, if you if you if you're very, oh, I don't know what the word is, a type. Um, you need goals to strive towards, don't you? Yeah. Some sort of something, long-term vision. Yeah. Not just, I want to look good naked. Yeah, I want to look good in 12 weeks' time. Tangible goal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I want to look good, like, all the time and better every day. Yeah. I kind of, I've reached out for some, some, like, better help, like, about a year after that. And I was like, I'm going to take up as much fucking knowledge from this person as possible. And he was probably, at that time, still is probably one of the most knowledgeable coaches in the industry. And we got on really well. So I was like, I was asking him constant questions, all that sort of stuff. And again, because I'm obsessed with learning about things that I'm interested in. Yeah. I want to know everything. Because if someone comes and asks me a question, I don't want to say, I don't know. Yeah. Like, yeah, here's your answer. Yeah. Because people are impressed by that. I, mean, I like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's interesting as well that I was listening to Chris Williamson this morning to get in the zone for this podcast. And he speaks about, you know, normal academic education 
not being a waste of time, but almost until you find your passion and what you enjoy, you don't crave to learn. No. And when you crave to learn, that's all you're thinking yeah. about all the time. It's funny because what's happened with you. I was looking at my Facebook memories yesterday, and it was like seven years ago, so I was 24, and it was something like, is anyone else 24 and hasn't got a fucking clue what they want to do with their life? <laughs> I literally haven't got a clue. It wasn't yeah. doing what I enjoyed. But I, and I am a big believer in like, I'll only do things I want to do. Yeah. So as soon as I didn't like something, if I didn't like a job, I just left. Yeah. Didn't give notice about I'm going, see you later. Because I'm just, I'm quite stubborn. Yeah. But that is a successful trait. There's another, there's a book called 10X is Easier Than 2X. I'd highly recommend it if you haven't, haven't read it. It's a bit of a love or hate book. I, I'm in this book club and I said, look, do you know what? I got 100K of business out of the ideas in this book within a week, mm -hmm. just on the way that it flipped my mindset. Gave it to these 10 people to read. Eight, eight of them hated it mm -hmm. just because they don't have that mindset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But for me, it's exactly that, exactly what you're talking about. So if if that is you, I, I think you'd enjoy that book. Yeah, definitely. Going through hospitality and obviously lost all that weight. And then people just, people recognize that from social media. And it's just like, how did you do that? Yeah. Because I'm really fat. So, so I you documented help. your journey. Yes. Which is interesting because at the early stage of a business, lots of people don't want to put themselves out there. I mean, no, it's not a business at that stage. Yes, true. But even in your own journey, people don't want to put themselves out there until yeah. they feel that it's perfect. Yeah. I'm quite I'm quite public with my social media. I talk about everything. Yeah. Um, and have always been like that since since I had Instagram. Granted, my, my Instagram didn't start as a fitness Instagram. It started as a car Instagram. Okay. And when I started posting myself with no clothes on, I definitely lost a lot of followers. <laughs> <laughs> which is absolutely fine different audience yeah different 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 audience but I thought I'm just going to take it in a different direction here but it, to be fair I had got quite popular in the car scene yeah and I had like 10,000 followers back then and I was just like that was quite a big deal um, because again you were posting your so you've always had an interest in cars I've, again cars is something I'm interested in so yeah. I have to go extreme yes yeah, so, so I did um, automotive engineering at university I did a master's in in well the the First three years are just normal engineering. The fourth one is like a master's where you basically design and build a race car. Then you take it out on a track like a mini F1 car. Yeah, class. So I've always been, all yeah. of my mates who I was at university with are either in F1 as engineers or they're high level directors yeah. at car companies designing chassis or engines or things like that. So we yeah. share the love for it. Yeah, when, when I was growing up, it was like I had to have the fastest car in school. <laughs> in school? Yeah, like when I was 17. Okay. I yeah. do my A-levels. Like, what fastest did you have? Car. Uh, Mark 5 Fiesta Z to Kess, Oh yeah, I remember those. Blew the engine up in the first month. Put a Puma engine in it. 1.7. Just loving it. Happy days. Yeah, I was loving it. Was I great. had a Honda Integra Type R, the one with the four lights at the front. DC2. Yeah. Wow. Great That's sick car. That's a great car. My my best friend sent me a picture uh, recently of the car on Auto Trader for 35 grand, yeah, and I surprised. sold it for like 9k. Yeah. Not I knew I should have stuck that yeah. in a garage. Yeah. Anyway. Living there. Um, so yeah, I started helping some people out. It got a bit more popular and I was just doing it for free at the time because I, I just loved doing it. Yeah. You know, it didn't take up much of my time. I enjoyed it. It was helping people. People were loving it. And then I, I took on a lad who ended up being my best mate, Abraham, and his transformation was absolutely insane. And that brought like a lot of attention. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, oh, right, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm just going to, fuck it. I'm just going to start charging people. Yeah. 50, 50 quid a month. Yeah. No one better than I live. Yeah, man. I know it's worth it. That's great. And then I got into car sales, got out of hospitality. Okay. Started slinging some cars. Yeah. For sitting a, sitting a mini in Oldbury. Yeah. Fucking, I had a right laugh, mate. <laughs> Did like nearly three years there. And like, for me, that's long in a job. Yeah. Because I'm like, well, what's the next best thing? 
But whilst I was there, I was still like coaching people on the weekend. Okay. And then it was just getting busier. Just as like social media got bigger, I got bigger, which brings more attention. I got more of a following. Again, people start asking like, can you help me and all that sort of stuff. I was like, this is all right. And I, I remember being on a podcast when I just started that job and it was with AJ Morris, which I presume, you know, AJ Morris. I know him, yeah, yeah. And he was well, like, I don't know, know him, but I, yeah. I've spoken to him. Yeah. So I probably had 10, 15 clients at the time. I said, would you ever think about doing it full time? I was like, no, absolutely not. It's too saturated. Don't like the kind of people that just think they're an online coach just because yeah. I went off on one about it. I look back and think, fucking hell, if only I knew. And then it was getting to a point where I had like about 25 paying clients. Yeah. Oh, this is all right. And I was doing all right in car sales. I was like, fuck, this is, never had this amount of money in my life. Yeah. And I was always a kid that was like, when I was growing up, I'd have two or three jobs at a time because I just wanted more. Hard worker. Yeah, always. But like just doing things I didn't really, really want to do. It's just like, well, if it brings me something, I'm just going to do it. Yeah. Because um, I don't, I don't want to be in a position where like, I have to say I can't afford that. But that's a key trait of successful people though, isn't it? Yeah. Wanting to move forward. Not necessarily being materialistic about making money, but it's a data point of success yeah. or growth. Yeah, of course it is. And not just sitting on your ass all day. Yeah. Like, it's quite easy to measure growth in a business. Did you make more than last month? Yeah, yeah. or no? Yeah. You know, so I know if I'm progressing or not. Yeah. Um, so it would. It was then like January time. Was it COVID? Was 2020? Wasn't it? I'm gonna say yes. Yeah. So it was January 2020, and I'd made like a bit of a plan in my notes on my phone. Yeah. I remember where I was? I was upstairs in Mini. Right now, right, this is what I could do to try and leave this job this year and just do this full time. Because so I, I think I can do it. I was charging a bit more money then at that point, and I could have lived off it. Yeah. But I'm not. I'm very cautious. So if I'm going to do so, I need to be 200% sure. Yeah. And I don't like risk. Not at all. Don't like it. it scares the shit out of me. I think I'm better with risk now because I know it's probably going to pay off. Yeah. So I write all these notes on how I'm going to do it, how I'm going to launch it and all this sort of stuff. So I started a bit of a diet at that point, a bit of an extreme diet, just for a, like a photo shoot. I thought it's going to bring more attention to my social media. I'm going to get peeled. Like, sweet. Yeah. March comes. Lockdown. Okay. And I had about... 25 to 30 clients at the time, I remember. And they were announcing it. And I was thinking, fucking hell, cut. this is going to completely ruin my plans. Mm. And then they shut the showrooms. And I remember it was a Sunday. And most play, most people had already been told to go home from work. Yeah. So I was writing home workout plans whilst at work Yeah, on a Sunday. I can remember it. And they were like, right, lads, we've been told we've got to go home. Yeah. I was thinking, shit, what the fuck's going to happen? And the first week I lost one client and gained 11. And I was wow. like, fuck, okay. So all of a sudden I looked at nearly 40. And you didn't, did you do anything as in put a post out no. to say, I've got a new COVID I'm, training protocol or something? I definitely put stuff out there. Yeah. But with, with me, I, I use my humor for a lot of things, my personality for everything. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, any job I was in, people say, you'll be all right because you're personality. You'll just get by. Yeah. So I just quite heavily rely on that. Yeah. <laughs> so, because technically I have zero qualifications. I haven't got anything. Yeah. I've got some A-levels. I've got a C, a D and an E. Sweet. <laughs> okay. So no qualifications. I do have to rely on my kind of initiative. But probably if you were super interested and stimulated by the content in those A-levels, you'd get three A's. Yeah. It's just a question of I'm not that asked about it. English language. Yeah. Who's asked about that? <laughs> so, yeah. Well, some people might be, but yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely not me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, that happened in the first week. And I was still, I was just working off my work laptop. Didn't have my own one. And I thought... Right, what can I do now to make sure that I, when they call me back, I'm not going back? Yeah. So started YouTube, started documenting this diet I was doing. And people were like, you're going to carry on this diet? I was like, fuck, yeah. 
and people were watching it and they were like, right, well, I need to train. Yeah. So that was bringing Give a lot of people. focus in, in lockdown as well to yeah. keep training at home. And because people were bored, they'd watch my YouTube. Yeah. Because you've got to be pretty bored to watch that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, like, but again, that was bringing more people. Yeah. And it was being more recognised and people were like, fucking hell, you're everywhere. And people still say that now. I'm like, yeah, because that's what, I'm meant to be everywhere. Yeah. I'm meant to see me all the time. But at this point, you're three and a half to four years in of creating content regularly without any specific measurable. You're just doing it yeah. to see what happens. Yeah. It's really interesting because I've been creating content probably now for a year or two years. And only now I'm starting to get people booking into my calendar for calls when I speak to them and they come on board as a client and then we have the kickoff call and it's like, well, where did you originally find out about me? Yeah. They're like, I don't really know, but I've been watching your content for the last 18 months or whatever yeah. it might be. So I think it's really important that you, I always, you always, did it, but you didn't necessarily say, well, I'm going to quit this because I haven't had a direct return. Yeah. Well, I sometimes, when I get an inquiry, nine times out of 10, it's come through Instagram. Yeah. I look back on the conversation that we've had and sometimes we've been talking five or six years. Yeah. It's taken five or six years to inquire, but yeah. they still have. Yeah. And that's why I'm so adamant on like, I reply to absolutely fucking everything. So you reply to all your own DMs. Everything. How many followers do you have at the moment? 19.1. Yeah. So you're getting a fair amount of DMs. Yeah. Well, there's an app on my phone, which shows you how many times my phone goes off in a day. It's like two or three, two or three thousand times a day. Wow. With WhatsApp, email, Instagram. On that note, and then we'll get back into the growth side. How do you manage? Because sometimes I have days where I had one yesterday where I was just like, anxious yep. overwhelmed yep. and i just want to like crawl into a hole mm -hmm. and then my process is i'll moan at the missus <laughs> she'll give me some comfort yeah i'll spend time with my kids because yeah. they don't understand what anxiety is so mm -hmm. you have to be there for them yeah watch a bit of tennis go to bed reset wake yeah. up do your morning routine yeah and, and it's tapered down but how do you deal with this constant Ping, 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 ping all the time. I sometimes just have to remind myself it's just a phone. Yeah. And also these people aren't expecting an instant reply. Yeah. Um, I'm shit hot on my replies and I am like that. And that's what probably makes me more anxious because I know what I'm normally like and I like to keep up a... I like to keep Do you up. have times where you no. put that phone down? No. Do you think that... Because you're 31 now. Do you think that you could keep that up? No. <laughs> No, I don't. But, and, but at least can, if you've acknowledged, yeah, yeah. And if you, at least if you've acknowledged it, yeah. that's the main thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. So I was smattering the social media. Yeah. I got photo shoots booked in during COVID, which was a bit risque, but got it done. Got some sick content. And yeah. by this point, it's just getting busier and busier and busier. Yeah. And I was called back into work three years and one month ago, to be precise, because I celebrated my little three-year anniversary <laughs> yeah. last month. And at this point, because I didn't know when they were going to call me back in, they were phasing people back in. And I was one of the last, I was like buzzing. Yeah. And um, I was still using the work laptop at this point. And did they put you on furlough? Yeah. So you've got some security. Well, it was, it was furlough. It's like basic in, the, in a sales role for selling cars is shite. Oh, okay. So yeah. everyone kicked up a fuss the first month and they were like, right, we're going to do an no average. to sell. Yeah. yeah we're yeah, going to yeah. do an average of your commission over the last 12 months. Yeah, which is fairer. I was fucking laughing. Yeah at the time because I just I'd never seen anything like it I was like what is going on yeah so they ring me and they're like right we're going to invite you back in Tuesday I was like yeah absolutely fine mate brilliant it's like right I need to go and buy a laptop <laughs> so I went out got a laptop and at this point like because I was still I was getting used to this money in my account yeah it's like I'm going to buy a used one I'm not buying new I can afford it can't justify it yeah because in my head at that time a MacBook for 1300 quid was stupid yeah 
So I was just like, right, I'm going to get a used one, I'm going to get a second-hand one, it'll be absolutely fine, it's going to do me. So I went back in on the Monday instead, and I rang my boss, I was like, yeah. bro, I'm outside. I used to get on with my boss. I was like, can you can I have a chat a sec? He's like, yeah, yeah, come out. He said, well, you're not meant to be back in until tomorrow. I said, yeah, but I ain't coming back in. And he was like, fair play. He said, you're coaching. I was like, yeah. So I was just like, I, I can't give you a notice because I can't handle this amount of people at the time. Yeah. Plus this job. So when I when I got called back in, I had 80 clients wow. online. Yeah. So I've gone from 25 to 80 in about six months. And I, I can remember like, because my, my dad's heavily invested in my business mm. in terms of like, he does all my books, yep. does all my accounts, yep. helps me with things I need help with. Um, and he's very hands-on, loves it. He absolutely loves it. And you mentioned before we started filming that he's a businessman himself. He's an entrepreneur, right? Mm-hmm. Has he been your biggest source of inspiration? Yeah, 100%. Did he push you, like my dad pushed me, into not being an entrepreneur? As in, he found it really stressful he wanted me, which is why I went to KPMG and worked, which I hated, <laughs> uh, and then started my business after like five years of hating my life. No, my, my dad's always wanted me to work for myself because he sees me in him. Like yeah. we are the same person. Whereas yeah. my brother is the opposite. Okay. Incredibly intellectual, never known someone so smart. Yeah. But he needs to do KPMG role. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Whereas I'm like, because you wouldn't deal with the variety and the stress no, it, of running your own business. No. Um, and I've got like quite a lot of common sense, whereas normally smart people haven't really got a lot of common sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very intellectual, but like if yeah. a door says push, they'll pull it. Yeah, yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. yeah he, I remember being in the garden with him during lockdown and I was at 50 clients and he was like, you know, how are you? Hand-? I said to dad, I'm not handling it well at all. Like I'm really stressed. That's what I was going to ask you. Like that transition must have been hard because yeah. operationally, to when you've got 11, you just do it as you do it. When you've got 80, you need an onboarding process. Yep. Everything needs a structure. process. Mm. Are they happy? Are you getting feedback? Yep. Are, they, are they paying you on time? What's your billing system? And so on and so on. Yeah. So I remember at 50, dad was like, do you reckon you can handle more? I was like, no. I was like, I can't. Yeah. And he was like, well, there's your limitation in your business. I was like, okay, yeah, shit. Give it two weeks. I was like, I reckon I can handle more. Because again, routine. Yeah. And I, I'm, I don't let people down ever. So that amount of pressure on myself was like, well, I'm just going to make it work. Yes, yeah, so you're find a working way. long hours just yeah. to make sure that well, everything gets done. Seven days a week at the start, hundred percent. I don't work seven days. Well, mm, I don't do check-ins seven days a week now, but I used to because that's what I had to do to fit it in. And I also think if you want to be successful at something, you're going to have to work really hard at the start. Yeah. And yeah, I said 100%. to my dad at that time as well, when I, when I left Mini, I was like, right, this next two years is going to have to be really fucking uncomfortable because I want to make this work. Yeah. You know, when you read stuff like 90, 95% of businesses fail in their first year, yeah. you're shitting yourself. You know, but I got this question on Instagram the other day, like having the confidence to like, leave your job and sort of, sort of stuff. And if I could go back and talk to myself at that time when I did, I was like, what's the worst thing that happens? It doesn't work. Yeah. Okay, go and get another fucking job yeah. or try something else. And that's a really good process. Just ask yourself yeah. when you're worried about something. Yeah. What's the worst that can happen? Mm-hmm. And is there any way that you could mitigate the risk? Mm-hmm. And if you answer those two questions, you'll probably move forward with it. Correct. Yeah. You know, you're, you're thinking about, sometimes people make, you know, such, take such a long time over making a decision, like investing with a marketing agency or mm-hmm. a partner or something like yeah. that. Then ask yourself, okay, they want a grand a month, three month minimum. What's the worst that can happen? Yeah. You're three grand down. Yeah. 
be really Money clear about what back. the deliverables are. Get the most out of it from your side. Make Give it the best chance of working. And then what happens if it doesn't work? Okay, well, you can take all the assets they created. It's still yeah. got some value. Like, it's just about, yeah, not being in your own head, but going through a logical process. Yeah. Which is difficult. Yeah, it can be difficult. When it's your own thing. It's it can difficult. be difficult. You don't Decision making is something that is taught. Tony Robbins teaches it for about four hours at Business Mastery, how to make a decision. Yeah. Yeah. And people are sat there like, this is uh, unbelievable. People yeah. running like 40, 50 million pound businesses are sat there making t- tens of pages of notes about making decisions. They're like, I'm thinking, how did you get to that point? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, left three years and one month ago. And since then, it's just been absolutely insane. Like insane. Like I can't remember the last time I was under 120 clients. A month um and is it so now where are you at now you've got coached by christian limited mm-hmm. are you the only one coaching are you bringing people Currently. on board so by the end of july i've got two coaches come on board doing all the content for the next week amazing so bring on when i know i've got to do something like i know i've got to increase in prices or i know i've got to bring coaches on it takes me fucking months to do it yeah because yeah. i shit myself yeah about it and i also want to get to a point where it's like i know this is the right time to do that. Yeah. And right now, it clicked. This is the right time. These are the right fucking people. I'm going to coach them because I have been for two years anyway. Yeah. They know everything about the business. They're coaches themselves. Here you go, lads. Yeah. This means I can increase to here, which I already have done. Everyone's been fine with it. Sweet. Yeah. So then the lesson there is not doing things too soon. Yeah. And don't do it if it doesn't feel right. right. People I've will- seen coaches take people on. Yeah. They're not good enough. Yeah. And there's such a and they've drop got 20 off. clients. Yeah, there's such a they don't have enough clients when they come on, so they're basically a cash flow burden. Yeah. They're a training burden. Mm-hmm. You haven't thought about the fact that you've got a hundred clients, so where's the time going to come in for two hours a day yeah. to train them? Yeah, I, I've had to get to this point to realise right, this is when I need I need some extras because yeah. I can comfortably manage one forty to one fifty clients a month. I can, don't know how. But I just do. Yeah. Because I fucking love it. Yeah. And I just don't let it slip. And when I see people slipping around me constantly, I thrive off that because I'm like, well, I'm going to keep working harder than they are. Yeah. And just keep going. Yeah. So it's definitely the right time to do it now, which I can't wait for. I'm very excited. And if I'm excited about it, I know it's going to work. If I'm nervous, I mean, I've got a bit of nerves. You know, I hope it just goes well. Yeah. I know it's going to work because everything at the moment that I'm doing works. So I'm just capitalised on that. And people, mate, people have been saying you should get some coach on board for the last 18 months. Which took me 18 months to do it because I'm like, no, it's not right. Yet. Find the right people. Yeah. Make sure they're at the level. Yeah. Understand how actually when you bring on a client and it goes to a different coach, the consistency, the process of attraction, conversion and delivery yeah, it's exactly is the exactly the same. Correct. Yeah, which I think is, is great. I mean, we, I took on my first accountant probably in my second year of running the business. And I, I won't take on, now we basically recruit three months ahead of when that accountant needs to do client work. Yeah. So that they're in the business, shadowing, learning, working, and we are assessing them and they're assessing us to make sure that it's a right really fit. good fit yeah. before we let them loose on clients. It's not like, oh, we've just signed 10 clients. Oh shit, we need to go and recruit someone yeah. now. Whack an ad on read. Yeah, yeah. It's like we want to have a wait list of people that want to work for Growth Factor that have already been vetted to have the same standards and values, which yeah. is most important. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to recruit on the CV. Now, I think, which is I'm sure what you do anyway, is cultural-based recruitment. Have they got the same standards? Have they got the same values? Because mm-hmm. ultimately, if they've got the same framework of values, 
does it, you don't have to micromanage them and give them a process for everything because they're making a decision against that value framework. Yeah. So more than likely, if they're aligned with you, they'll make the same decision yeah. you would. Yeah. Just to reverse backwards, for people that don't know you, tell me what Coach by Christian does. Who's your ideal client? Who do you, and how do you help them? Do you just work with bodybuilders who want to compete? Do you work with people like me who just want to be the best version of themselves? Just tell me about your business. So I've always said, because a lot of people like search for their niche yeah. and all this sort of stuff, and like, I believe that a niche finds you. Um, I started off really fat. So guess what my client, my, my first clients were like? Yeah. Really fat. Yeah. Because they saw me do it. And then you start helping more people. And you realize, right, I'm just starting to help everyone. So, mate, I've got professional bodybuilders and I've got people that literally just want to lose some weight. Yeah. And I don't want to alienate myself to I only take this on. I like helping everyone. So my coaching business caters for everyone. Everyone gets treated different, okay, depending on their goal, who they are, what they're doing. Some people need to be spoke to like shit to get the job done. Yeah. Okay, and like, you know, let's fucking get a rocket up your ass. Yeah. Some people need sympathy. And I love that because I like to believe that I can help anyone. So you're, which I spoke to someone about this a few podcasts ago, you're almost, I guess you're not using a framework, but you're almost informally working out what type of person they are and how your relationship's going to work. So yeah. a lot of people will have their clients take a disc profile or some sort of personality profiling test, colors or, you know, are you this kind of person? And then they'll adapt the way that they communicate to get the best out of them. But you're just doing that naturally. Just I guess for years and years yeah. of interacting with people at the bar, then coaching people, yeah. you learn. When you're in hospitality and you're serving a thousand people a week, you in get 10 to know seconds, some fucking you have to, I guess if you want to be the barman that they come to and you want to maximize their purchase, you need to look at that person almost and be yeah. able to say, this is how I can talk to them to get the to get the most out of them. And with bars, I normally know what they're like by what they order. You just make a big judgment straight on what, what they order. Do you drink alcohol? Um, occasionally. Sometimes. Yeah. What's your... Espresso martini, gin and tonic, wine. In that order? Oh, it depends. Depends where I am. If I know I'm going to get a really good espresso martini, it's espresso martini all day. Yeah, I would have one, but not pre-dinner because I feel like it. <laughs> I can't eat as much after. Yeah. If I'm on holiday, I'll have Aperol spritz. Good choice. Nice and light, not too calorific. Yeah, I'm not, not judging too you heavy. That. Yeah, it's good. Good choice. After dinner, espresso martini or maybe an old-fashioned. Yeah, you've gone up in the estimations, bro. Yeah, thanks, thanks. If you'd said vodka, lime and soda, I'd be like, get out. No, no, no. I mean, I'm not, I'll, I'll take in calories because I'm not, yeah. I can't drink anymore. If I go out, like this weekend we're going out in Birmingham, I probably won't drink Yeah. because I just can't deal with the hangovers anymore. I, and I don't want to put my, but I think that the yeah. more you train and the more you eat and the more you're on it and the more you optimize your nutrition yeah, you and supplementation, you're like a, a Ferrari that you're then starting to put diesel in. Yeah. It just, you feel it more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're in a shit shape to start with and you go out and get drunk. It's just normal. It's just, oh yeah, I feel like I normally do every yeah. day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, okay, you work with everyone. When people come in and they go to the two new coaches, will that be the same? Will they have a mixture of clients? Yes. Yeah, which I personally think is great because you have to learn and adapt your approach rather yeah. than one coach just works with pros, one coach yeah. just works with women, one coach yeah. just works with lifestyle clients. Yeah, yeah exactly. And like... With the two guys I've got, one's very young yeah. still. Yeah. And all of his current clients, guess what they are? Young. Yeah. And sometimes young people can't afford 300 pounds a month. Yeah. But they can afford 175 from time. Yeah. yeah. So they're going to go to him because they know that he's also backed up by me. Yeah. 
And they also are still going to have access to me. Yeah. It's not like, well, you should go with him. It's going to be team coached by Christian. Yeah. Not coached by Christian and co. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So it's all like a But there's an expectation when they come on board that they're working with him. Yeah. And if he needs support in the background, he'll go to you. Exactly. And you're constantly training him and learning yeah. and developing. Yeah. And I find, I find that as well as like when... When some, I'd probably say 60 to 70% of my clients are coaches themselves. Yeah. And people go to them because, oh, he's coached by Christian, so he must be all right. Do you know what I mean? So, and, but that, that, mate, I don't need any more people. I like that that's happening. Yeah. Because if I'm coaching someone and they're a coach, I want to make sure they're putting out the right fucking shit. Else I look like an idiot. Yeah. So, and I, I don't like looking like an idiot, funny enough. And I don't think you do it just to make money. You do it to help people based on your background. Yeah. Honestly, like, this is a big thing for me. I used to think I was money motivated until I got money. Yeah. And now I just don't care. And granted, when you look on, if you don't know me, you just see, you know, McLaren, Porsche, whatever. You think, oh, it's just, it's just a dickhead. <laughs> I wouldn't say you're a dickhead, but I would say that your online persona is very different from how you are in person. But that isn't your fault. I think actually now, if I go back on your Instagram, I still think it reflects who you are. I think it's like when you see people with well-shot pictures, with cars, with right, this, okay. with yep. transformation shots, just your ne- it's a negative trait of a human that you will look at that person yep. and judge them in that yep. way. That that they're very about the, the visual facade yep. and they don't have yep. as much depth yeah, yeah. as actually you do have. Yep. Yeah, so it's, it was like, like the money, mate, it's great. I'm not going to complain about it. It's brilliant. It gives me some freedom. I can go and work from where I want. I don't really have to think when it comes to spending something. That's really nice to have. It also took like three years of working seven days a week to be able to do that. Yeah. But that's not what motivates me. It motivates What motivates me is someone saying, thanks, you've really helped me. Mm. Like I can remember when, when I was selling cars, I didn't care about the commission. Yeah. But if Will, my boss, came up to me and said, fucking well done, mate. Mm. I'd be like, oh God, that's hit me. Yeah. Like I'm so invested in like everyone's journey that the progress of having more people and helping more people is way more important. Yeah. I think that I was, I have this presentation where I talk about a business should do three things. It it should allow you to have freedom Mm -hmm. and you, yes, you do work a lot, but you've got the freedom, like you said, to work from wherever you want. Yeah. I was in Santorini last week. Yeah. I love Santorini. Amazing. I'm in love with the place now. I went there. I went there with Kieran for our 10 year wedding anniversary. Yeah. And we loved it. Yeah, amazing place. Sorry, yeah. But it gives you freedom to go there, right? Yeah. And you enjoy your work anyway. And yeah. over time, the freedom of having to work will increase because you've got other people coming on board. Correct. So you can lower your client numbers. It should give you freedom. It should generate money, mm-hmm. which it does. You make money, yeah. right? If your pricing is right and your costs aren't out the window, which they won't be because another good takeaway for viewers or listeners is be cautious with your money. Yeah. Don't spend money until you have it. Yes. I'm a big believer in don't buy anything you can't can't afford to buy three times. Yeah, and don't assume just because people have got a McLaren on their uh, social media that they have financed themselves up to the hilt to buy it. Because there are people that buy cars because they can afford them. And if you understand their backstory, which I do now, they've been into cars since they were a kid. And there are people that buy cars just to show other people the illusion that they're financially successful. Yes. So... Yeah, I, want, I do want to touch on that to be fair because I always try and get this point across of like, I am not showing off. I love cars and always have. And you originally started... A car Instagram. Yeah. Exactly. I think that's all you need to say. And some people like will message me now saying, bro, I remember when you were driving that Golf 
that mental golf. I was like, yeah, and now it's just mental. But I think as well, like seeing that has made me start another business on the side because when people see that, yeah, how the fuck's he managed that? Yeah, I want to yeah. know. Right, consultancy business. Right, you pay for an hour of my time. You tell me, ask me anything you want to know about mental. Yeah, and it's been, yeah, and it's, yeah, been yeah. Got, it's gone mental, which is great. But it's also a it's a is a business thing and. Like I said to you earlier, you would be surprised at how much a McLaren costs a month mm. if you do it right. Yeah. And then the other car is financed through the business, so I don't have to pay any corporation tax. Yeah, you've got an electric Porsche, right, when yeah. you turn up in, which I'm always harping on about. I mean, I've got two Teslas just because I like the charging infrastructure, mm -hmm. but I love those Porsches. My neighbor's got one. He's a surgeon. Makes a beautiful noise when it comes past. My Tesla like doesn't make any noise. Like a spaceship, yeah. yeah. Look amazing. Incredible inside. But I've literally bought car. it two... For the business. Yeah, well, if you spend a £1,000 a month on that, which I'm sure it's not even that much, it's costing you about £450 after all the tax relief. Unfortunately, it's a lot more than that. But so, yeah. <laughs> well, electric cars. But you can write it off. Are a no-brainer. Yeah. Absolute no-brainer right now. But yeah, so it should give you freedom. It should make money. But the biggest thing that we talk about, which is I think where your driving force comes from, is it should have an impact mm -hmm. on people. It should change people's lives. Yeah. And so... If you pop off tomorrow, which touch wood, hopefully you won't do, you'll last a long time. I fucking hope so. You, you've actually left a legacy of people who you've impacted in a positive way. Yeah, and that makes me feel so good about myself. Yeah. And I like to feel good about myself. I like people to think, fuck, he's a good guy. Yeah. He's really helped me. I don't like when people don't like me. I hate it. Yeah. And I try and find the reason why they do, and I'm going to change it. I'm going to change their opinion on me. Where does that come from? Not a clue. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's, I am a bit of a people pleaser. Yeah. But that also makes it pretty good with dealing with clients because I want them to be happy. And if they're happy, they stay longer. And that makes you a successful coach because you do want clients to be happy. You care. Sometimes I've had coaches in the past where, first of all, they'll apply their principle of how I have to eat, diet, train. And if I say, well, it's not quite working for me, this meal structure, because my natural personality is in the evening, I'll snack, for example. Yeah, yeah. And so should we take some calories out of the front end of the day? Leave so it for the back. Leave it for the back. So even if I feel like I'm cheating, overall my calories are still the same? Yeah. No, no, that's not how we do it. So to me, a good coach would say, this person's different. Yeah. They've acknowledged their own behaviors. So unless we can see that it's a nutrient deficiency that's making you hungry in the evening, mm -hmm. or it's a psychological problem, yeah. one of the three things will solve it, not just computer says no. Yeah. A good coach can coach anyone. Yeah. That's what I think. And everyone in my business gets coached differently because they all have different needs. Yeah. And if, that you, was if, you try, if you try and have a one-size-fits-all approach, you're going to be really fucking shit. And you're going to get frustrated with your clients. Yeah, because yeah, why is everyone leaving? Yeah. Or why are they not <laughs> adhering to my program? Well, that, yeah. That's another thing I get. It's like, if I was a coach and I had clients that were filling in their check-in sheets and their calories were consistently over... I wouldn't be like, why are you such a, the, the tonality of my voice wouldn't be like, why are you such a weak person? You can't <laughs> stick to my diet. Yeah. It'd be, let's try and find out yeah. what's going on. Yeah. What, why, why is this happening? Is it a certain time of day where you feel a little bit hungry? Right, I'm going to put. Just investigate. Just, Take the yeah. time to investigate versus shooting a two minute loom yeah. and being like, you're a weak man. Yeah. Get back on your diet. And there is people like that, but some people do need that, but not everyone. Yeah, I guess you have to learn, right? Yeah. And they can give you feedback. Some people don't um, I was going to ask you, what other revenue streams have you got outside of the business, which is another way to grow and diversify risk? I know you're an athlete for Strom. Yeah. Right? Um, 
so you've got the mentoring now. If people want to get in touch for that, is that just through the Coach by Christian yeah, so Instagram? In my, in my link tree. And people will quali- you will qualify people to see if you want to work with them. Yeah, so they'll, they'll normally give up. Bro, I've got 90 clients at the moment. I want to know how I can get to 120. Yeah. Cool, let's jump on a call. Or, and if you, so if you think you can help, you'll yeah. mentor them. Yeah, 100%. So a lot of it, to be fair now, it's not, a lot of it is business stuff, but there's a lot of coaches that can say, I, know, I want to know how I can peak this person. Right, what would you okay. do in this situation? So just improving their own. Yeah. And getting a second and opinion. P- p- and oh, mate, I rate anyone that will come to me, pay me for my time to yeah. learn. Yeah. Because it means they want to be better. Yeah, yeah. And I love that. Yeah, 100%. I believe everyone should have a mentor. I've got three mentors. Mm. You know, one older chap who's sold three businesses. The smallest one was 25 million. <laughs> Casual. I can talk to him for 20 minutes and he's literally like, this is not a problem. Just do this, this, and this. Mm. But he's 65. He's not going to give me the insight on, you know, digital marketing strategies yeah. and things Reels. like that. Yeah. So I have to have someone else for that more modern approach and then fitness and then mindset yeah. and then a therapist and then all mm. this other stuff. Yeah, like yeah. it's better to admit yeah. you need help rather than think you're the, the absolute nuts at everything. Yes. Which I definitely don't think. Yeah. Yeah. Humility is a yeah. key, key trait, right? So yes, sponsors consultancy business the coaching i do well i am invested into another company i, I can't talk about anything yet yeah no worries um which should so be a thing the principle is you're looking for other opportunities to yes. invest in and you've built up capital presumably yes. yeah, yeah you know like for example my client ryan terry he's built up capital because opportunities come to him all the time yes and you need to be in a position to say yeah i can do that let's go yeah and he's invested in things yeah. which oh, he believes are good. I'm, I'm big on that. And I know that saving and saving bank accounts, it's fucking pointless. Not when you've got opportunities come to you. Yeah. Else yeah. I'll be like, shit, I've put that money into this now, into this pension. I don't care about fucking... Yes, I pay into a pension because yeah. my dad makes me. Because it's amazing but, tax relief, that's why. Well, there's that as well. Yeah. Um, but it's like, I need to be in a position like, right, if this is something's going to come along, which something literally came along seven days ago whilst I was away. Yeah. Jumped on a call straight away. Yeah, let's do it. And it's going to be about three months' time. But it's going to be, it's within the fitness industry, but it also requires no real work from me, which biggest problem in my business is me. There's yeah, only one of Capacity. Me. Yeah. But would you advise people who are starting out as a coach, first of all, to focus on just themselves, one core service, one yep. core revenue stream, not one core niche because your message has been let the niche find you. you. If you're authentic in your delivery and your content, Mm -hmm. the people that end up starting to follow you, which makes sense to me now you've said it, will align with you. Yeah. Like People ain't coming to me for my fucking physique. And at the start, they weren't coming to me for my results because I ain't got any. Yeah. What are they coming for? Personality. They feel like they can get on with me. They relate. Cool. At the start. But now, like I said to you before we hit, hit go on the filming... I think more so than any other coach, the results that you've seen, all of your clients, because you work with assisted and non-assisted mm-hmm. clients, right? Males and females. Yeah. Across the board, they all look so happy and healthy. Even the ones that are shredded. Yeah. You know? Well, I'll try and keep them happy because oh, the happier you are, the better you'll probably perform <laughs> yeah. for a start. And your stress levels are lower, so. Yeah. So you should respond better. Yeah. You know, I do like to hype people up and you know, some people don't like that because they want to be told need to fucking work harder you fat piece of shit or yeah. whatever yeah 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 and if that's what they need cool i can do that yeah i don't like doing that it doesn't mean you make me feel good but if it makes them better yeah sweet but you know i like people to fucking feel good because if they feel good and they're not stressed their body's going to respond better 
then they're even happier because they're actually getting a result. Yeah, I just, I found, I don't know what it was. Maybe it's the lighting, but it just looks like <laughs> it was. their skin, their tone, their posture, their smile, everything about them looks like they're not in a pain cave. Yeah. And I want, I want them to enjoy it. It's meant to be enjoyable. Yeah. If you don't like it, just don't fucking do it. But yeah, like I have to, I've, from the start, relied on my personality and I still do that now because I don't want it to just be, here's my transformations. Yeah. I want you to be able to talk to me and be like, fucking hell, I think you're great. Yeah, so be yourself, right? Yeah. And be authentic. Yeah. And if someone doesn't like it, that's fine. You yeah, which is like when you I... You can't coach everyone. And when I worked at KPMG, I worked at Paramount Pictures, I worked at Thomas Cook, my personality there was a detriment because they don't want people with a personality. They want no. them to sit in the group finance, sit in the seat and just do the work. Yeah. And accountants now generally don't have much of a personality, so they're being told to create online content, yeah. but no one watches it because they're dollars dishwater and they don't have an... People, especially on LinkedIn... People don't want to have an opinion, you know? <laughs> yeah. They'll say, these are the three best accounting softwares, but they're all good yeah. in their own right. Just give us your opinion. Tell us which one is the best. Yeah. And just say it's your opinion. And I think I think if you followed me for more than five minutes, people realize I'm pretty fucking opinionated <laughs> and just say whatever I want to say. What, just on a, a diversion, what is your, as a busy entrepreneur, daily routine? look like wake up and work <laughs> wake up so and work. I'm, i've tried loads of things yeah and i know what makes you feel good i know what times i perform better because i've done it for so long now i've trialed everything and i'm very much a believer of my way is the fucking best way but for me yeah okay so i've tried that right, i'm going to get up i'm going to do meditation I'm going to do yoga. I'm going to yeah, stretch. I've tried just all. imagining you doing yeah, yoga. Like a fucking elephant <laughs> on a ball. Um, so my routine is wake up and I start work. Yeah. Because I feel better when I've got all my stuff done. Everyone's replied to. I get it all done before I go to the gym. One thing is, you know what you're doing. You're not sitting yeah. down and working it out. You've no. almost got your three critical tasks already laid yeah. out. I know. Get exactly back what to I all do. the messages. Yeah. Do all the programming yeah. and check-ins yeah. and then whatever else the yeah. third one is. Yeah. So you're sitting down, you already know, because yeah. one of the big productivity things that I think works for me and isn't a, a hack or a, you know, a false truth is work out what you're doing the day before. Yeah. So when you wake up, if you do go straight into work, which I do now as well, yeah. you know exactly what you're doing. And it's pretty easy when every day is the same near enough. I yeah, know you get into a routine. routine. Yeah. yeah. And like, I don't know if this is a good thing or it's a bad thing or whatever, but when I wake up, I'm thinking about work. And when I go to bed, I'm thinking about work. Mm. But it's because it makes me happy. But that is a, a good thing. And it's a normal thing. There was something I learned from Tim Ferriss, which was, if you have a problem, read the problem out to yourself before you go to sleep. You'll fall asleep. You'll subconsciously think about that all night long. And quite a lot of the time, you'll wake up and you'll have Got a solution the to the problem. Yeah. Yeah. Or take the problem on a run. Mm. And I, I also know that if I don't start as, when I get up, I ain't going to get it all done. <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, but I, I quite like working under pressure. Yeah. Of like, this has got to be done by this time, so I'm going to yeah. get it fucking done. I'm gonna yeah, go me it. too. Yeah. Even if it's setting yourself a false deadline. Yeah. Yeah. I've got to get up. Uh, like today, I was like, okay, I'm going to get up. I got up at six. I'm going to do my little normal morning routine, which is not a morning routine. It's just having coffee and going to the yeah. toilet, right? Yeah. But... <laughs> But then I need to get all my content done for seven platforms, write an email and update a blog by this time mm -hmm. so that I can then see the kids, so that then I can go to yep. the gym on time, so that I can get back for the podcast. So I've got a rough outline of a plan. Yeah. What 
if anything, do you do for self-care? So you don't meditate now? I try to. Once or, or twice training, a week. Is training your... Training is my... Oh, I'm glad I'm at the gym now. I like yeah. that. But I tend to find... Right, my burnout used to be a lot more common. Like once a week. Yeah. <laughs> I'm burnout. I'm like, fuck. Okay. Now it's once a month, once every other month. Yeah. I can live with that. Yeah. I understand that when you have a busy business, you're going to be stressed. Yeah. Sometimes you're probably going to do too much. Fuck. All right. Okay. What do we do in this situation? I go to the spa, bro. Nice. Treat myself. Go to the spa on a Sunday and just chill out. Yeah. And by the next day, I'm sweet again. I'm ready to go. But you've had self-reflection. You haven't tried to put that in a box and just carry on. You've said, do you know what? I feel like it's too much now. I need that day or two. Had a bit of therapy last year. Yeah. Helped me massively. Yeah. Realized a lot about myself. And that, like, I used to speak to myself like shit. Don't do that anymore, or try not to believe in myself a little bit more. Yeah, because again, self belief has just massively held me back before. Um, and just like just being a bit better and just a bit more calm. Yeah, instead of being stressed. I used to, mate. Why do you think I got no air? Wasn't yeah, the gear. Me too. It was str- when I was, mate. When I was young, it just fell out. I was, I'd get stressed over everything. Everything. Luckily, you suit a shaved head, so. Thanks, bro. Just like me. Yeah. I had two hair transplants and hair tattoo as well. Yeah. Just to get a bit of a hairline back. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? Because you need some pressure mm-hmm. and some hype to get going. And you can sustain periods of that hard work. But uh, there was this thing that Huberman, Andrew Huberman was talking about. Like dopamine is like a wave machine. You ever heard this story? Um, no, but if you're talking about dopamine, well, I survive on that. So yeah, yeah, so basically you're saying that if you turn that up just enough, you can power through eight, nine, ten hour days yeah. consistently. Yeah. If you turn it up too much, the water starts spilling out of the pool because the waves are too high. Mm-hmm. And eventually there's no water in the pool. And, you and then you're fucked because it takes you two to three weeks to get your dopamine levels yeah. back up to where they were. So I found I went through a period where I was smashing coffee, using uh, nicotine, um, getting that dopamine super high. So I was so productive. But then within a couple of weeks, I'm like, I feel Fucked. terrible. Yeah. It is about, I've got to find like a balance. And the pressure, I mean, starts from straight away as soon as I look at my phone. Yeah. Fuck, right. Got loads of people to get back to. Let's go. But I know that I can be finished by a certain time. And then I can, I can chill. And then you can say, okay, well, I've done all of today's allocated check-ins. Even yeah. if people are messaging me, I don't need to get yeah, back to it. It doesn't need away. to be instant. Yeah, and I used to have done to, their check-in. Yeah, I used to put so much pressure on myself, but like, it has to be instant replies. But if those instant replies are shit, yeah. what's the point? Do you know what I mean? So it's like, right, I've seen his message. It's not urgent. I'll leave it half an hour. I'm going to have some food, whatever. And then I'm going to voice note them back yeah, and yeah. actually give them a proper response. Yeah. Or just an acknowledgement. Like I teach my team, First of all, we have a service level agreement with clients. We'll get back to you same day, yeah. same working day for anything. Mm-hmm. But it may be that it requires more work. So yes. it's an acknowledgement. Yes. Everything has to get acknowledged that day. Yes. Yeah. But if you're Mr. or Mrs. Client, if you feel like this is an emergency, yeah. let us know in your message. Yeah. Because then we'll reply. Yeah. It, we batch check emails at 11, 2, and 5. Yeah. So I've taught them not yeah. to sit in their emails all day. Yes we will do it in that batch mm-hmm. rather than potentially leaving yeah. it to, to the end of the day. Yeah. So like uh, sometimes I'll click on a message, see if it's massive. I'm like, right, that requires more attention. Yeah. I'll, email, I'll message him back straight away. Look, bro, seen your message. I'm going to get back to you when I've got I a bit more time. I think that's amazing. So, so, like, so many people just don't yeah. do that. Yeah. 
But that's all people want because I don't want them to think, oh, I'm waiting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'm the most impatient man on the planet. Yeah. If I want something, <laughs> yeah, I want it yeah, yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So if I message someone about something, I want a response. Yeah. But if someone acknowledges it and says, bro, got your message, no stress, I'll get back to you shortly, I'm just in yeah. the middle of something. Cool. Because a lot of time, I'm in the middle of fucking something. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and, and it's like managing expectations. There can be inconsistency. You could have two or three days where you aren't so busy and you reply really quickly. Yep. Then they expect that all the time. So when you're doing an eight hour and then reply, they're like, what the fuck? Yep. If you have a service level agreement that you take them through in the onboarding process to say, mm -hmm. it can be variable depending on how I receive the message. Yes. But here's the maximum time. Here's obviously the minimum time, like 30 seconds. Yeah, yeah. If it's an emergency, do yeah. this. But yeah. what would constitute, this is what I have to educate my clients on, what really constitutes an emergency? Yeah, getting a letter from HMRC saying that your VAT bill is due in seven days, which we're already aware of, Yeah, that is not an emergency. Yeah. <laughs> if you have HMRC turn up at your door. Probably an emergency. Looking to take your things. Yeah. Call us. Yeah, yeah. We will stop them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this has never happened, but I'm just trying to think of emergency yeah. scenarios in accounting. Yeah, you, don't yeah. Know, you know, you don't normally get that very often. Mm. Um, do you have a cutoff point at night where you? What do you do to chill out? Where? Or I'm not seeing much chilling out in your in your day. So, you go to the gym, right? Let's talk yeah. about this. You know, I've been going since I was 15. I don't think I've missed a week really, unless it was planned without yeah. working out. For me, it's like top of my priority list above. Kieran will listen to this, but above wife, kids, because if I don't train, I'm not who I want to be with her or with yeah. them. I remember when I got super busy at one point last year and I wasn't in a great headspace anyway, which is some personal stuff. So I, I kind of like gym and nutrition was the fucking last thing in mind. And then when I got back into it, I realized I know why I was miserable because I'm not progressing myself. Yeah. And yeah, business is great and stuff like that. But if I don't feel great, my business then isn't great either. Mm. So I know that I need to be making personal progressions. And that's why I still have goals in terms of physique goals. Because if I'm hitting those, I feel so much better. My mm. clients are also going to feel so yeah. much better. And they've also got something to like, well, Christian's fucking rammed all the time and he still makes it to the gym. Yeah. And like, I do have to put myself first in that case. And my clients know I'm busy. Yeah. Because we have a relationship where everyone knows I'm busy. Mm. So it's like, they're not expecting like that. Yeah. So they know it's going to be a little bit of time sometimes and they know he trains at half one. But you reply, oh, so, okay. Yeah, so there's a set routine, which yeah. helps. Also, you're replying proper replies in detail where you've actually read and thought about it. Yeah. Don't you think the gym is like therapy? Yes. For me, it's the only place where you go in there and, I mean, I see people all the time now, like, let them do whatever they want because it's up to them. But mm -hmm. in between sets, they're on Instagram, yep. doing this, doing that. I go there. Sometimes I'll listen to audiobooks mm -hmm. if I'm in that zone. Yep. But most of the time I'll put music on and just yep. focus on the training. Because yeah. it's that is your meditation. Mm -hmm. You're not thinking about work. You're not stressed about anything. You're getting at least an hour a day where your brain is just on that physical hardship. Yep. And then the other side of it is you've put yourself through pain and hardship mm -hmm. and that teaches you on a daily basis yeah. to be more hardworking yeah. and resilient. Yeah, true. And because I'm stuck in front of a laptop all day and a computer screen talking essentially to myself, yeah. I talk to the webcam, Yeah, basically. Yeah. I don't have any human interaction for the day. Yeah. And when I go to gym, I am quite a sociable person. Anyone that has seen me at a show or anything, I'm fucking hugging everyone, saying mm -hmm. hello to everyone. Uh, and I used to think I was quite 
not a sociable person. Yeah. And you just think it's a bit of an act. I love it. Because especially when all of my stuff is now kind of filmed. Yeah. I can see that's a genuine smile. I'm mm. buzzing to be there kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I go to the gym, I know everyone in the gym. Yeah. So it yeah, gives bro. you that hit of natural yes. dopamine and all those good hormones. Yeah. There's a book, um, Dr. Rangan Chatterjee. How, oh, to, yeah. how to be happier or something like that. He, he's uh, got a really good podcast, actually. Right, okay. He's very academic and he's on the BBC and things like that. But ultimately, he goes through these like 10 things you can do. And if you build them into your weekly routine, you will be happier. Yeah. And one of them is human interaction. Yeah. So even if you just take the dog out mm-hmm. and that's the only t- just smile at the person who's walking yeah. in the other direction. And I thought, this is stupid. <laughs> but... Versus just putting your head down and still being in that I'm at work zone, now I'm having to walk the dog, you get back and you feel happier. Yeah. And I I like to interact because, like I said earlier, I like people to think I'm a nice person. Yeah. So when I'm around people, I want to be, yes, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Asking them about things. I don't want to talk about me. Yeah. Hate it. I want to know what they're doing. Yeah. Like when you, I want to know, fucking tell me about your business. Do you know what I mean? Because that's what fires me Which I guess is one of the reasons why you started the podcast. Yeah. Because you've got your own podcast, right? Yep. Coachcast. Coachcast, yeah. How's that going? Oh, I love doing it. Are you in a podcast studio yes. that you hire out? Yeah. Yes, in Birmingham. Yeah. Yeah, so whereas I'm still in the doghouse for taking over our dining room. No, but if I if, if I was going to... Next place I have, I'm going to do a podcast studio. Just have a room, 100%. yeah. Yeah. It's not that bad either. Like this one, I thought I'd have to put loads of soundproofing in. It'd be super echoey, but... That's all right. It's all right. Yeah. I mean, when you listen to the quality of the audio, my wife loves Peter Crouch and Abby Clancy's podcast. Right, okay. And their sound quality is horrendous. Uh, and their budget must be incredible. Unlimited. Yeah. Yeah. Because they just don't understand how to hold a microphone still. Yeah, yeah. Or keep themselves still. I guess they get overexcited. You know, as well with bodybuilding, like people look at it sometimes in a negative light, like it's vanity. Mm -hmm. or something different. I think if you go, I love what Ryan Terry said on Chris Williamson's podcast about him doing the Ryan Terry Classic and he's got that British Championships. He wants to bring bodybuilding back to where it was when he was growing up. Mm -hmm. The perception of it, like when you watch Pumping Iron, the way that Arnold describes bodybuilding, it's an art form. Mm -hmm. You look at your body, you work out what you need to chisel. It's like I'm making, it's like I'm Michelangelo, but I'm using a human body. Yeah. And it is the most demanding sport. Some people would say maybe long distance running or something else where you've got to track all your macros and your training all day. Yeah. But there can't be much that's harder than bodybuilding. It's difficult. I think any, mate, people are going to have a problem with anything you do. Fuck them. <laughs> I, I just don't listen to it. Like I know it's a sport where you are judged on what you look like. So there is some vanity there. Mm. Nothing wrong with wanting to look a bit better. Yeah, yeah. I started the gym because I hated what I looked like. Yeah. I'm still not the biggest fan of it, but yeah. it's better. It made you more confident. Yeah. What have you got from bodybuilding? Uh, routine. Yeah. Which transfers into business and personal life. Like I love being routine. Yeah. It makes me a better person. Yeah. Like if I'm not routine, I'm stressed. Yeah. I don't like that. And just like bit of mental resilience when you put yourself on stage and you get down to stupid levels of low body fat you've got to be pretty resilient to not slip up ever yeah and do it for six months that's crazy hard work i mean when i did i did the teenage naturals 20 years ago wow i lost three pound a week every week for six months (laughs) good job i fucking won yeah fuck me yeah yeah. And then I decided to chuck the trophies out last time I was clearing out the house, which is slightly annoying now. Yeah. But it is. I think you get so much from it. Hard work pays off. 
Yeah, and like consistency. <laughs> like the biggest trait amongst entrepreneurs that are successful is consistency. Yeah. And what does bodybuilding teach you? Consistency. consistency. Yeah. And don't keep changing things up all the time. If you've got a routine that's working and you're progressing, you just keep working on it. Like there's so many reels that I could do yeah. where bodybuilding is like business. There's so many analogies between yeah. bodybuilding it and business. Do, it does go well like 90% of the time. Sometimes a lot of bodybuilders are lazy, want everything to come to them, which I get. Yeah. Well, they don't, I guess they're training, but they're not applying those principles yeah. outside of bodybuilding. Yeah, it's just bodybuilding is everything, nothing else. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, look, people, people slag it off and think, oh, it's, you know, it's really unhealthy and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, well, most things at a high level are unhealthy. Business at a high level is probably unhealthy mm. because they're not stress and pressure under. Yeah, yeah. You know, everything that's done to extremes is unhealthy. Simple. What has your viewpoint changed since you started on health span and lifespan? Spoken about a lot with, you know, like for me, I train and I don't do any cardio apart from hit my calories on the Stairmaster. Yeah. But after listening to Peter Atia and the fact that if you can get your VO2 max, which is like, when your heart rate's really going mm -hmm. up to the top 20% of human beings, yeah. you lower your risk of heart disease, cancer, outside, basically everything by like 50 times. Yeah. And all that requires is one or two short, high intensity sessions a week, which if you're a bodybuilder, you can still do. And yeah. if you put nutrition around them correctly, yeah. you're not going to be burning off muscle. True. Because you're literally caning yourself for, 30 seconds to four minutes and then taking a four minute rest. Where do you sit on, especially with your clients as well, where do you sit on health span and lifespan? Do you think about it or is it just purely about the, the metrics around being a better bodybuilder? No, I definitely think about it because at the end of the day, whatever I say to a client can go anywhere. So if I'm telling them to do fucking stupid things and it gets out, yeah. I think I'm going to have any clients. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm pretty... Like, look, I have clients that use steroids. It's bodybuilding. Yeah, but okay. that's their choice, right? And, Correct. And there's so much you can do now around testing. Mm -hmm. Although I, I would say that people think that if you just get a blood test, oh, that's fine. everything. Yeah, yeah. But that's just, it's just your blood. It's yeah, not yeah. like a heart scan heart or scan, an organ yeah. scan yeah. or anything else. But mm. you can get all those things as well. Yes, you can. And look, I can't make anyone do anything. And at the end of the day, everyone's client's risk-reward ratio is completely different. Yeah. Some people are, bro, throw the fucking kitchen sink at me. I yeah. don't care. Cool, bro. That's what we're going to do. Yeah. Because sometimes I have to go off what the client wants to do. Yeah, yeah. Okay. But I've got clients that are like, I'm not going above this. This is what we're going to do. I say, cool. Well, if we're going to do that, we're going to also have this in place, this in place, this in place. Yeah. And it's the same for the guys that want to go mental. Yeah. It's like, right, we can do that, but you need to be doing all of this. Yeah. Okay. That's their decision. You know, if they do it or not, it's completely yep. Do I want them to be as safe as possible? Yeah, obviously, because I'm a human and I care. Yeah. And at the end of the day, it is also my business. And if you take on lifestyle clients, will you bring into your programming, even if you're not programming it, but they're doing it, them looking at their zone two training and their VO2 max training and things that, so if a report comes out that says you can lower your risk of disease by 50 times if you just do one VO2 max session a week. I'm going to want to do it. Would you, would you do that yourself? And would you talk about that with your lifestyle clients? Yeah. So I'm very big on, I'm not going to get someone to do something I've not done myself. Yeah. And that goes to everything. Okay. So I, I give a good example of one of my clients that I am um, not became like famous for, but he got me a lot of business. He went from 400 pounds to 220 in two years. Whoa. Yeah. 180 pounds. 
Yeah. Was he 400 pounds of bulked up bodybuilding? No. Just, no. Okay. Wow. Fat. Yeah. And I loved the guy to bits and I didn't want to take him on because I'd yeah. seen him for years trying to get weight off and I just thought this was going to be a nightmare. Lost 180 pounds, which is crazy. But over the time that we were doing it, he built up these things that made him better. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, right, I can do this, bro. I can get into this. Right, boxing makes me feel good, so I'm going to do yeah. that. Yeah. Right, well, your heart rate's going to be absolutely through the roof when you're doing that. Yeah. No, cool, let's do that. Yeah. So do I like purposely, like if I see a study, right, everyone's going to start doing this? No, but it, you think about it. Yeah. It's not like I'm a bodybuilding coach. I'm all about aesthetics. So I'm just going to think about, like I had a bodybuilding coach before when I was going to do the naturals. He was like, you can't go for a bike ride on a Wednesday because it'll be catabolic. I'm like, but I enjoy bike riding. Yeah. Surely we can just put carbs in there, EAAs in there and keep my heart rate within certain areas. No, no, you can't do it. Yeah. I don't want you doing anything other than lifting weights and walking. Yeah. I'm like, this is not the life for me because I enjoy the cardio and I can see the long-term benefits of it. So there has to be a balance somewhere, right? Yeah. I have clients that do all sorts of fucking cardio. And your job is to minimize the muscle loss risk of when they're doing it. Yeah. Right? But at the same time, I think muscle loss kind of is something that's thought about way too much. And I think it's stupid to think about, to be honest, if I told you to eat no protein all day and run a marathon every day, yeah. you might start losing muscle. Yeah. Or well, you will start losing muscle. Do you think I'm going to tell someone to do that? <laughs> no, no. So I wouldn't worry about it. <laughs> So my good friend, Ben Holden, who uh, runs my coach with his now wife, mm -hmm. he runs on almost a daily basis. I know because he's my mate exactly what he trains, exactly what he eats, exactly what he's taking, which is nothing. Mm -hmm. And he's got a savage amount of muscle on him. Yeah. But it's he can run a 10K in like four, 40 minutes. Yeah, it's pretty difficult to get rid of muscle. Yeah. You have to be purposely trying. And I don't think any of my clients are purposely trying to get muscle. No, no, no. <laughs> But that is, it just shows a level of education and open-mindedness of you versus my first bodybuilding coach, for example. Yeah. Can't have sparkling water. <laughs> Can't have squash in your, in your water. That's what my first one was like. Still water only bottled. Thinking you're fucking having a laugh in you. <laughs> I didn't know any different now. <sighs> okay. Listen, I could talk to you all day long. Yeah, likewise. Um, <laughs> to, to, to wrap up, and then I think we, we'll, do, we'll definitely do a follow-up. Yeah, sweet man. You've already really answered this, but let, let me just confirm this is correct. A successful business does three things, right? It attracts clients, converts clients, and delivers to clients. In terms of attracting clients, that's just about you putting out consistent social media content, and then correct. they get in touch with you and fill in the new client forms. Correct. I've never contacted a person to try and work with them. There's no outbound strategy. There's no. no ads running. I have no social media strategy whatsoever. I post what I've got on the day to post. Sweet. And do you have like targets? Like I want to post once a day as a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my story is always fucking full. Yeah, what you're getting up to. Yeah, always. Yeah. Because, and the amount of people that tag you in things, clients. You can do today's story and tag me then. What are you doing? Perfect. Happy days. Come on. Already <laughs> done it. Yeah. And then I try, and, I try and post on my actual grid once to twice a day. Okay. And whether cool. that's something to do with me yeah. or a client. I find that client, when I put stuff up with clients, I get less engagement. Yeah. Why is that? Because when people follow me, they want to see me. Simple. It's interesting someone said that yesterday as well, and I would have thought that the case studies would have got way more. The case studies are validation, but the majority of the content, they want to see you because yeah. they're following you. Yeah, correct. That's a good learning point for me, really, because I, I, I don't have that level of, well, I, I just think people don't want to see me. They want to see top 10 ways you can save tax or whatever. You, you, know, you know how many people tell me they don't, but oh, people don't want to see my Instagram. Everyone that books in for a consult, and then when I tell them to put their face in front of the camera, <laughs> they get more clients. Yeah. Rocket science. Yeah. 
Okay, so it's about creating good, valuable content. Yeah, that's yeah. authentic. Yeah, so, sorry, then, Sinjo, I know we're going to speak no, 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 on this, no. right? But the the outbound things and reaching out to people, you know, what are your goals in 2024? Can I help you and all this sort of stuff? I understand. I get it. Yeah. How about you just put out really interesting content and people just contact you? Yeah. I think patient better. enough to do that for Correct. a long enough period of time that your tribe finds you. Yeah. Which is just starting to happen with me. Yeah. There you go. I think if you're in a professional services firm like LinkedIn and your outreach and you're just offering something useful to someone, not trying to sell to them, that can be just another way of them coming back into your content loop, following you and then being yep. in your environment. But it just doesn't work anymore, DMing people and trying to get them on board and, and sell them your thing, right? Yeah. If someone wants something, they'll ask. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> if you're willing to be patient, right? Yeah. How do you convert clients? So they fill in a, an, um, uh, a potential client form, nope. you qualify them, and then you jump on a Zoom call? No. Nope. No. Don't do any of that. How do you convert oh, I'm going to have to do my secrets now. So firstly, yeah. if someone inquires and it's via Instagram, let's say, there, yeah. is, there is a link that you can click, Yeah. but the link just takes you through to my WhatsApp with a written out message saying, hey, bro, I'm looking for coaching. What does it say, bro? But okay. it says, hey, I'm looking for coaching. Maybe change it to bro. That's cool. I feel better, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Still get females inquired. Don't know if they want to call me bro. Um, so, so I think that's that's the best way, in my opinion. Click WhatsApp message yeah. chat. What what are people's comfort you zones to talk to people though? Yeah. Some people they actually they don't want to yeah. talk to anyone. What what are people's comfort zones online? Instagram, WhatsApp, they know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. want to take them away from that. I don't want to send you to a type form. Yeah. Because how many times do you think people look at type form and think I'll fill that in later? Yeah. And yeah. you know what they don't do? They don't fill it in later yeah. because they forget about it. I want them there. At the end of the day, if someone's inquiring with me, they've just told me, I want to work with you. How do I do that? Right, well, here's how you're going to do it. So first, I'll always voice note. A few reasons, okay? One, if they're at work, which is nine times out of 10, they're probably going to be when they inquire. Yeah. They can't read the message and think, I'll get back to later. Yeah, think, yeah. Firstly, Christian Chapman sent me a voice note. Fuck, what does that say? Yeah. They're already excited. Yeah. They're going to have to go from their desk to the toilet to go and listen to it because they want to know what it said. Yeah. And all I say is, bro, thanks for the inquiry. What I'm going to do, I'm going to send you an inquiry response video below, which will show you everything I do, yep. what you're going to get from me, what I expect from you, how coaching works, how much I charge. Give that a watch. I'll put my WhatsApp underneath. Give me a message once you watch it. It's less than 10 minutes. It tells them everything that they want to know. They'll message me, right, here's a questionnaire on WhatsApp, not yep. fucking anywhere else. Yeah, yeah. Fill it in. I'll take payment. Done. I can do that in less than half an hour. Nice. Slick. But some yeah. people want to call. Yeah, okay. The reason why I don't have a Calendly thing yeah. is because what if they're inquiring on a Monday and the first time we can both do is Friday? Yeah. In that time, they could find someone else, yeah. be completely put off the idea, yeah. or forget. If they want to call, cool. Can you do it now? Yeah. I can do a call right now, or I can do tonight, 9 p.m. I yeah. don't care. Because I take it back to car sales. Not that I like to think of this as a sales process, and no client ever inquiring will think, oh, it's a bit salesy. Mm. If I've got someone coming in on a car that day and they don't buy that day, yeah. they ain't coming back. So a lot of the principles that you learn from bartending and from being a successful car salesman, you've transitioned over, one of which is speed, yeah. which I've not spoken about on the podcast before, but it's true. I, I, I could probably count up 100 potential clients that I've lost because I didn't get back to them mm. quick enough. I'm on it. Yeah. They're speed. trying to give me money for my business. Yeah. <laughs> Here you go. So also you need to allow a bit of time every day in your diary yeah. to drop those calls in. Yeah. yeah, okay. So that's conversion. And then delivery we've already spoken about. I think you treat everyone differently. Yeah. 
you track results to make sure they're getting a return on their their investment. Yeah. When you build the team, you're only recruiting people if they're culturally aligned, they've got the right values and they're capable. Yeah. And I would assume when they start doing the work, you'll be overseeing their results as well to make sure Correct. that they're actually doing what you thought they could do. Yeah. Anything else that you do differently to deliver to your clients? Be consistent over time. Show up every single check-in, no matter where I am, what's yeah, going don't on. Go up and down in yeah. your in your levels. I, I went through like a bit of personal shit end of last year, coming out of a relationship. And the first thing I said to myself was, right, no one wants to be coached by someone that's depressed. Yeah. Hit record and fucking show up. And three months later, when people were finding out, they were like, how long has this been going on for? I was like, about three months ago. I said, I haven't got a fucking clue. I'm like, yeah, no, because it's my job. Mm. You know when you go to your, your normal job where you're employed by someone, you show yeah. up and you're a miserable bastard? Yeah, yeah. You get sacked? Yeah. I'm not going to get myself sacked Yeah. by myself. <laughs> so, and it's just that, it's that pressure that I put myself, right, it's got to be fucking on it and slick. Mm. But you seem like you've almost got, maybe not all the time, but you've got this external view of yourself. Yeah. You give yourself accountability. Yeah, 100%. Okay. And just to wrap things up, I thought this, I always think that I can get these in done in an hour, but you know, when there's interesting people and there's interesting questions. Hour and 13. Hour and 13? Yeah, I think so. That's not too bad. That's all right. I want always for founder stories, people to have prep. We spoke about this before. We both love Diary of a CEO. We think it's <laughs> inspirational. I'll always listen to it, but yeah. I'll listen to it for inspiration more than practical steps that I can take back to my business. Yeah. Whereas I want, even if people, uh, which is why I put it at the end, uh, if people listen to this podcast, at least three things that they can say, okay, well, I can take that back to my business or it's validation that they're doing it. So what are your three keys to success? I know you're in year three, but you've already seen great levels of success. You've not got one business, you've got multiple businesses. You're already taking on team members. Mm. You're well-respected in the industry your that's case studies thing. are that's amazing that's a big thing for me so what are your three keys to success for an up and coming online coach firstly get good at coaching like actually be a good coach yeah like that's that's literally the first job you've got to do <laughs> okay the second thing you've got to be is also consistent over time yeah so get good at your skill set okay be consistent with that skill set over a long 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 period of time and the results will come simple don't be, oh, I'll be really on it this week. And then the next week you don't see them. Mm. You're on it all the fucking time. If you really want something to work, you have to be ruthlessly consistent. Yeah. And I am ruthless with consistency. Simple. Third thing, fuck, be a good person. Yeah. And be, be, be authentic. As yeah, a good be, person. be a good person. Be yourself. And like, I pride myself on when people see me at shows, they say, mate, you're exactly what you like online. Mm. Like in person, you just, you know, and I, I pride myself on, I don't, you know, when, you know, when people put up um, a question box online yeah. and you can put up the anonymous ones. Yeah. Yeah. And I get to see so many people just get loads of shit. I don't get any. Yeah. And I pride myself on that. Cause I yeah. think that's actually quite a big thing yeah. of like, I think people like me as a person and respect me. And I love that. I don't want there to ever be a time when people go, he's a wanker and he's mm. shit at his job. So just be a good person. Or he's just doing it for the money. Yeah. Or he's just doing it for the money. And it's like, just if someone messages you, give them a response. Yeah. If someone wants to talk to you about things, give them the time of day and just be nice. Be nice to people. Yeah, it doesn't cost anything. I, I actually had an inquiry this week. I coach my kids under nine's football team. <laughs> and we're full now. Yeah, we're full. This is my other job. Uh, we're full now. We've got 10 kids for this season. There'll be seven in the team at seven aside. 
Not sure if you're into football or not. Used to be. And we take it really seriously. We're right up there, top 10% of the league, yeah. We finished in the Euro. I can't imagine you being really serious about it. (laughs) Come on, kids. I'm signed up for my UEFA coaching badges and all of this, all the pro license badges, even though they're only little. Anyway, someone inquired and they said, look, I've got this kid. He's, he's, he's really into football, but he got turned down by Solihull Moors. Um, could he come and see you guys? And my initial response, because I was in a bit of a bad mood, would be to say, look, if he's not good enough for Solihull Moors, why do you think he's good enough for us? And we're full. And then I thought, do you know what? This is someone's mm. dad. Yeah. They care about their kid. Yeah. They're just, I never talk about my kids on the podcast because I basically just start crying within yeah. about 10 seconds. Standard. They, <laughs> they need some help. So I just sent him a voice. So I wrote the horrible message. Then 10 seconds later, I sent a voice note saying, do you know what? If they're, if they're not at the level, here's what I would do. Go and join these two Facebook groups. Here's the name. There's loads of teams looking for players, but just tell them that your kid is new to football. Mm -hmm. Get him into that team. And then here's a person who can give him some one-to-one coaching, which will get his standard up much more quickly if he does genuinely love football. And then you shouldn't go far wrong. And they just sent me a message back saying, thanks so much for taking yeah. the time to do that. Yeah. Because, you know, I would have been stuck otherwise. Yeah. It's just... I know, I know this is like a, a random tangent here, but like I get like a lot of messages saying like, can you take my kid to prom in your car or whatever, if you're free. Yeah. If I'm free, I'm there, I'm doing it. Or, you know, I had some guy, you know, his son's ill, not well, wants to go and plan. Cool, I'm there. Because I remember when I was a kid growing up, there was someone near us that had mental cars and always would say, you'll take me out. And he never did. And it stuck with me to this day. And anytime I go to a fucking petrol station, I pull up at the service or whatever, and kids want to come out, get in the car, start it. I don't care. Like have pictures in it. Cool. Because I remember like, if someone did that for me when I was young, I was buzzing. Mm. And it's just about being a nice person, not being an arsehole. I've got no time. Make time. You work for yourself. You can do that. And it's like, like, if someone wants to be taken to prom in the car or whatever, or someone wants a photo shoot with the car, whatever. Yeah, man, let me know when it is. If I can do it, I'm there. Yeah. And, and again, when you ask me on the podcast, yeah, 100%, let's do it. Say yes to everything. Yeah. And you're not always going to, like, we could have not got along. I actually think we'll be friends for a long time. Correct. We have a lot of aligned values and we'll end up deliberately trying to help each other. Yeah. <laughs> But it could go the total other way. Yeah. I could be an arsehole, you could be an arsehole, or we could just be not aligned in our values. Yeah. But you've got to put yourself out there in order, take a risk. Yeah. But like you said earlier, what's the real risk? You could turn up, waste two hours of your life, mm. not enjoy the conversation, and then have to go home, waste yeah. two hours. At the end of the day, I've rocked up here to a pretty nice place. That's enough inspiration for me to come out for me. I think that was a good thing for me to do. Yeah. And I've also had a fucking great chat. Yeah. And when I do these chats, I come back and I go to work, I'm like, fuck, I'm hyped. Yeah, it should be like that, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I like, really enjoyed it. I try I try and surround myself with people who are better. Yeah. And one of my best mates, Rick, who owns Strom, me and him, because we are both children, yeah. are constantly trying to outdo each other. <laughs> but it makes me work harder and it makes yeah, him yeah. work harder. And he'll, you know, send me his bank balance. He's like, well, I'm beating you. And I'm like, right, okay. And he's a it. funny guy. I had a chat with him on the DMs <laughs> on Instagram as well. He's a funny, funny guy. guy. But yeah, you're totally right. Another key takeaway for viewers and listeners is surround, which we is a consistent theme here. Surround yourself with people who are aligned with your values. Surround yourself with people who are 
better than you. And that doesn't have to mean that they earn more money. Mm -hmm. I can learn so much from you. You can learn so much from me. Have an open mind to learning off other people and create this not too big, but not too small network of friends that help each other. Correct. 100%. Thanks for coming on, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure, honestly. That was good. Yeah. We'll do a part two. We'll definitely do a part two. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, guys. That's been another episode of Founder Stories, and we'll see you in the next one.